Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to Full Throttle. It's Monday, the 21st of September 2020. Greg Haynes here. Julian Ryder's with us as well. Hello, Jules. Good day, Greg. It's been a fun weekend. It has, hasn't it? The Catalan round of World Superbikes. We were just chatting off air. We've literally just gone off air here in the commentary box. Three different manufacturers have won three races. That's never happened before. Well, yeah, because, of course, this three race format is relatively new. And uh, Jonathan Ray has basically hogged it. We've had one... One bloke win all three races several times. But uh, having a Kawasaki followed by Michael Vandermark and then Chaz Davis on, on a Ducati for the third one. And it, this is a... I, I like the Catalonia circuit. It, it, it doesn't tend to favour one type or make of motorcycle, but it tests all aspects. If you can get your motorbike right, you know, a good setup, the usual good engineering compromise you're in with a chance but it's good uh we brought these strepsils with us to the commentary box <laughs> isn't it i think uh this weekend but where do we start then because first of all if you haven't subscribed to the podcast please do google Podcasts, apple podcasts and all the rest of it eurosport website um but we're just starting to get into that phase now, aren't we, where we're yawning a bit the adrenaline begins to drop because yep. it has been a weekend full of energy it's got a, re- a really good weekend's racing. It's really solid weekend. A real shame, of course, the crowd can't get in, but there's no point uh, to keep going on about no. this because we know that's the situation in 2020. And we know what the situation is now, so don't moan about things you can't do anything about. It doesn't about. look as though it's getting any better either at the moment. That is it? the problem. in the UK, but uh, we shall see. I think, first of all, then, there's some real star standout performers, but championship, let's just get that out of the way because it's job done Jonathan Ray in fact more than job done it's a very good weekend for Jonathan Ray won the first race and then just managed the situation especially mm. in that final race mm. wasn't uh, I'm not saying he was taking it easy because that's a ridiculous thing to say <laughs> but he certainly wasn't going to put himself in the danger zone into taking risks to no. go from fourth to third he's he's Mr calculated isn't he he's mr adaptation he's mr calculated there's a lot of names coming it's an icy cool racing brain at work he's smart he was in front of scott redding Mm. and then tom sykes did him a favor by also getting between him and scott redding so why the heck would you try and put yourself in a position of overriding the motorcycle and heading for a crash when you were increasing your championship lead Staggering stuff. 97 career wins now. If he did a treble at Magni Corps, and some people would expect that, knowing how strong he goes there, not only would he quite likely wrap up a sixth title, he's won his last three there, of course, duels in France. No wonder he likes it. Could make it 100 career wins, and even if he doesn't in France, it could happen in Estoril. Staggering career. 
Scott Redding, of course, is chief rival. And both sides, let's be clear here, both the Ducati side with Scott Redding and his crew chief Giovanni Krupi and the Kawasaki side, Jonathan Ray, his crew chief Pereira. I think it's fair to say they both admire the job the other guys are doing this oh, year. Oh, they, there is nothing but yeah. professional respect for Real what the other lot can there. do. But what happened with Reading again this weekend? My first question mark is, and we obviously haven't spoken to Scott Reading at this point, but why did they use the harder tyre in the sprint race? They obviously felt well, that was the right thing to do. They were the only guys to really do that. Well, though. Shaky Byrne couldn't explain it. No. And he couldn't think of a reason why it would have happened. No. So I certainly can't. Uh, I'm not going to uh, second guess. They must have thought there's only two reasons. Both are extreme. Right. One of which is that they thought it could work. The second is they knew they couldn't do a damn thing with the standard tyre. So the only chance was to throw a ridiculous idea at it and see if it stuck, which you don't do at that level. That really is not uh, not what happens at world championship level. So I suppose either Scott himself as the rider just doesn't feel at all comfortable with the X because you have to think he's tried it across practice, obviously. Or maybe well, he used, used it in Towell. Well, indeed, if even for one of the longer races, yeah. but for the 10 lapper, it, obviously then I guess he just didn't feel he was going to be able to get to the end with enough grip. Well, it, it was interesting that in the first long race, the riders that used that soft tyre mm. went off a cliff at about three-quarter distance in terms of lap times. Yes. It, there was yes. sudden... So this is Batista and Rinaldi, yeah, isn't it? Sudden and massive deterioration in lap times. Yeah, yeah. Around laps 15, 16. So this is a combination of riders, different motorcycles, different nature of circuit and yeah, so on. Yeah, weight of rider, temperature. It is such a complicated equation. Yeah. But it was interesting that, as you say, Bautista and Rinaldi, I think one went off the cliff at lap 15 and one at lap 16. Yes. Really close yeah. together. Yeah, we were looking at that earlier on today, weren't we? And in fact, the same thing happened for Chavi Forres, who used that tyre as well on the Kawasaki, the Pachetti Kawasaki. It didn't work, did it? In those conditions, at that circuit, different bikes and different riders there, it yeah. didn't work this it's time. It's fine if you can, if you could have opened up a lead of 10 seconds in mm, three quarters mm. of the 15 laps, yes. you might have stood a chance of getting it home. Yeah. But that, that's a fairly extreme idea that... Uh, Another one you don't really play with at world championship level. And a couple of things we've been talking about over dinner this weekend, because obviously in this podcast, as you know, Jules, we're not always just going to talk about what we've already said on the telly, because that would be boring for people. But um, we've no, we've talked about two things, haven't we? One of them, the fact that the tyre is the most important element, whether it's bike racing or car racing. So let's discuss that. And also the fact that, and it seems like stating the bleeding obvious, really, <laughs> but a race weekend is just putting together lots of small things into one big pie, really, isn't it? I, I always quote my old hero, Ivan Major, the greatest speedway mm, rider mm. that's ever lived. Yes, I know Tony Ricardson, but hey, allow me, eh? Just <laughs> live with it. And he described racing as a jigsaw puzzle. There you go. And every piece had to fit without being forced. That's lovely. Yeah, because you know, we've all done jigsaw puzzles, yeah, haven't we? For, so it you know, just, just one in the wrong place. place. Yeah. And you weren't going to win a race until that last piece yes. just slipped comfortably into position. Because obviously, if, if one piece is missing, that's not going to work. If one piece is forced in, yeah. you've got to put something and else I, in the wrong place. I'll, I'll yeah, tell you so what true. a perfectionist Ivan Major was. As much as me. Um, when, he played, <laughs> when he played rugby, uh, he might have been as twitchy as you about lining things up at right angles to other things as weird as me uh when he was a, a schoolboy sportsman yeah he'd play hockey on a saturday rugby on a sunday he was mm. a kiwi mm. he'd not just clean his boots he'd launder the white laces 
That's far more than me. That's I must probably say. makes you look normal. He'd launder the white laces. Yes, of his, and this is this is every single time he played. Yeah. Obviously, wow. And you can imagine uh, as a as a motorcycle <laughs> racer, the standards he demanded of turnout and machinery. Is that a good thing or a bad thing or both? Because I suppose it, when it's on a good he won day, six it's world titles. Superb. He's the greatest right. speed rider I've ever. So the, probably the most demanding person that anyone <laughs> he ever worked with has ever met. He only had through his career, just forgive me, this is one of my heroes, yeah, okay, one okay. engine builder, one wheel builder, one mechanic if throughout broke, his don't entire career. If it ain't broke, don't yeah. fix it. Wow, that's amazing. So just repeat the name again for Ivan us. Ivan Major. M-A-U-G-E-R, New Zealander, only man ever to have won three world titles on the bounce. Wow, oh, great stuff. I, I like stuff like that. Yeah. I like stuff I like that. I had the honour to write his obituary for The Guardian. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so, a couple well, of years ago. A couple of years ago. Mm. In fact, I think I may remember, I think it was our Eurosport colleague, Jack Burnicle, talking about him, actually, at some point, over yep. dinner on a BSB well, weekend. I, as a lad in the Northwest, I used to go and he, he rode for the Bellevue Aces, the Manchester club. Right. Uh, so, of course, uh, I used to go and watch. And then the tyres. We were talking about the tyres. Now, as silly as this may sound, but it's completely true, um, the most important component yep. for bike or car racing, because obviously that's where... The tire, the power's going through the tire, I'm, isn't it? I'm going to borrow a phrase from Neil Spalding. Uh, he he uses the headline for a feature uh, a long time ago. Hmm. Uh, the tire designs the bike. In a formula, and every world championship, apart from endurance, is a single tire formula, control tire. So you do not have the luxury of saying to you know. And you can't therefore say to the manufacturer either, well, build us one with a bit of a softer sidewall. Build us a build us a bigger road to build us that. No, you use this. Here it is. Get on with it. And you then have to adapt the motorcycle and or riding style. Complaining that the bike doesn't work like it did last year is a waste of oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. You need to adapt and not try and yep. keep changing the bike all the time. Yeah. But how many riders do we see and drivers in car racing complaining about things like that? They don't seem to be able to reprogram their mind. Well, th this is what du I I'm not sure this is right, by the way. This is what Ducati are basically accusing Andrea Dovizioso of in Motor Grand Prix, of not adapting. Which uh, seems uh, funny in some ways when you consider he is leading, well, leading the world the championship, championship at the moment. Yes, so uh, <laughs> let's, let's, all, let's all sit and work that one out. Um, What's Dovi going to do next year, by the way? What a Ryder? very good question. I know Aprilia would love to have him, and they he would no doubt be wonderful for them, but uh, who knows? But Dovi's always given me the impression if he has to pack up, he won't really care too much. Spend more time with his motocrossers and his daughter. And he, of course, is a majorly talented motocrosser as well, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, and he, ro he rode with Caroli and all these people as a, a, as a young motocrosser. So he is... <laughs> Pretty useful on the motocross bike. So in terms of star performances from the World Superbike weekend, my rider of the weekend, for what it's worth, is definitely Garrett Gerloff. I think we have to we have to say that. It's been coming, hasn't it? It has for the last couple of couple of rounds. Uh, I mean, much as I'm delighted to see Chaz Davis back on top of the box. Yes. Well, so he should be. <laughs> you know, he is going to be after you again. Oh, he's going to be after me again. But he, a man of his talent yes. and history and ability, yes. yeah. we should not be waiting this long mm. between victories for Chaz Davis. So I why am, have we been waiting this long then? What's gone wrong? The V4. He thought the V4 would be the answer to all his prayers, mm. and of course it wasn't. Mm. Um, Qualifying. Yeah, Bautista leapt on it 
and because it's very much a, a, a motor grand prix derived bike bautista was immediately at home with it and what's worse for you than your teammate kicking your backside regularly yes um but and again if, if it seems to me that Chaz comes good in the last race of the weekend it's like it takes them all weekend to get their heads around it we know one of the main reasons for that this year though don't we the qualifying situation again. Yep. That qualifying yep. session, the Super Pole session, for those of you who don't watch regularly, decides the grid for race one on Saturday and the sprint race on Sunday. Depending on where you finish in the 10-lap sprint race, that determines your grid position for the long race. And James Wetham, Shaky Burn, they were discussing it in the Eurosport coverage on Sunday, weren't they? If you can be up the front of the grid, you've got a better chance. It seems very obvious to say, but... I, I find it difficult, Jules, and I can't criticise these guys. Who am I to criticise anyone, really, because I don't even ride? But why can't they just focus? It's obviously not this simple. Why can't they just focus on one lap, one lap, one lap? Because then you haven't spent time getting the bike set up for the race. Well, certainly on a race, we can, and I suppose with testing so limited. Yeah, and that's the problem, isn't is it? Testing is limited, which is a major problem. Yeah, yeah. And this was a new track, of course. So you're relying on, hopefully, experience in your pit as much as anything else. Would it be better maybe then if the rules and regulations allowed the riders to put some qualifying tyres on so that at least they could have a few runs on a Q tyre at the end of practice? Because at the moment, they're not allowed to use them until Super Bowl, I, are they? You know, just to I, get a I feel. No, it, it, expanding the, the schedule for the day is always a bit tricky. I'm, mm. It might be an idea, but you don't want people using qualifiers before qualifying really okay it needs really? it needs that uncertainty about it it's like with Gerdoff, isn't it on saturday yeah maybe he was 15 yeah, maybe maybe an extra qualifying tire so you did have that option just to have a go yeah just to just to have a go maybe maybe a way forward i'm not sure greg i'm not sure instinct says yeah you're leading to away from that aren't you i lean yeah. away from it just yeah, you know yeah but garrett Gerdoff, superb and we need don't we we need New British talent coming up through the order. And we're obviously we've been talking a little bit about Tom Boothamos. Now there's mixed opinion on whether, you know, that career is going to go far or not, but certainly a very impressive weekend for Tom Boothamos. I think it's great personally. Um, and an American, let's start with the American, Garrett Gerloff. He's really taken to a superbike with world championship regulations and doesn't know any of these European circuits. Yep. This is what I wanted to get into before. Uh, and it's come quickly really because Australia, he had the accident with Cortese and missed the whole of the Sunday after the crash in the warm-up, which knocked him unconscious. Then they've come back with these extremely high temperatures in Jerez and Portimao. And it was impossible to really compare any data and get any valuable, you know, comparisons going. So it's happened quite quickly, really. And the culture shock of an American, a Texan, having to move to Europe. Can't yes. commute home and back. Espe Don't and underestimate that. True. Because, and now he can't even get back because of all of the problems. Yeah. And yeah. yet he's yet he's showing the form of his life. It's very very yes. impressive. Yeah. And as as, as the uh, as Shaky and Jim were saying, and uh, every, everybody else, he looked good on the motorbike. This wasn't it wasn't just a third place you luck into because Bautista didn't start because Toprak is injured, etc. Because Reading couldn't get a tire to work for him. Mm. It was a proper proper third place fought for right from the start and what a brilliant reaction as well in part ah, it, i love seeing it's a shame everyone's faces are covered by these masks at the moment but he was shouting and screaming and in a world where basically being is, texan which was good <laughs> to see it was very colin edwards actually wasn't it yeah. yeehaw but um in a world you know the way you know what sports like jules we've talked about this a few times over dinners haven't we and yeah 
whether it's football or any sport now, I, it's all about thanking the sponsors yeah, and all I, this. And I understand that's where the money comes from. But isn't it great to yeah. see some raw emotion? I, I was vaguely reminded of the first ever World Superbike champion, Fred Merkel, Flying Fred. <laughs> you know, he was who a character. Had, who was Californian, not Texan, mm. so he's more rainy. Mm. Yeah, mm. Blonde, the blonde surfer look. <laughs> I remember Fred cheerfully grasping by the throat behind the garages at... Uh, Donington Park to remind me that the guy who started all this standing on the footrests, flag waving stuff was not Kevin Schwantz. It was me, <laughs> Flying Fred Merkel. Will you remember that, Julian? Yes, Fred. But there was... <laughs> Those were his actual words, were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I started that. Not that damn Texan, I think, was the... Uh... Yeah. Uh, we could talk about this in the podcast. We probably couldn't on air. But, no. Uh, Fred but... Merkel used to have uh, some real adventures I, I hear at the circuits on and off the track. He used to have a good time. Uh, Fred knew how to have a good time. He also knew how to win motorcycle races. He certainly did. A double world champion, the first two world titles. Uh, kicked out of the American Honda team for unspecified reasons, uh, <laughs> most of which, those that are suggested are actionable. Uh, I think it was actually to make room for Wayne Rainey rather than anything else. But uh, Right. Yeah. If you want blood, you've got it, written on the back of his crash helmet. He, he was, uh, I saw him at Vallelunga yeah. in 87. Because of him being slung out of America, he was racing uh, a VFR in, in Italian Superbike. Mm-hmm. And he won this race at Vallelunga, sliding a big wooden teak knee sliders on his leathers down the wooden. whole shit. Wooden. And wooden blue duct. Yeah, I know. And he slid the thing everywhere. He wheeled everywhere, wheeled everywhere. The f- Italians loved him. They were screaming and yelling. Fred wins, dives into his pit and leaps out onto the grid with a giant stars and stripes, which he brandishes at the grandstands. Bottles, bricks coming at him. <laughs> oh, great. Deliberately goaded, you know, went out to <laughs> goad them into a frenzy. And you there, you witnessed it at first I time. was there. <laughs> Obviously, he didn't get hit by anything there. Fred was quick enough to just, just be just out of range, <laughs> you know, could stand there and go, yeah, try oh, on. That's a great anecdote, isn't <laughs> yes. it? Funny enough, I was watching on YouTube the other day, and I've seen it before, but the uh, the coverage from 1993 of um, yourself and Keith Hewitt. And I think it was Chris Herring, was it, from Motorcycle News? Yes. Um, talking about the Mexico palaver. Oh. And that was another time when all sorts of things were being thrown on the track and people were crossing the track and dogs and Coca-Cola yep. delivery vans. Yeah, We've yep. had some funny Pick moments over the years, haven't we? It, it, it's always it's always fun. The, the, the other um, Italian throwing things was the Misano strike at the 500 Grand Prix. When Frankie Keeley won the race. Which I also happened to be at. And um, lurking in the background... <laughs> and uh, beca- <laughs> is it a coincidence that you always happened to be where all this chaos was going? Yes, I like I like chaos. If you're a journalist, <laughs> chaos is good. You get a story. Yeah. Uh, Neil McKenzie coming in and saying, "Hey, they they couldn't quite reach us. The grass is just wide enough on the back straight." <laughs> oh dear! Simon Buckmaster was on the podium with that he race. Was, wasn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. Never seen anybody unhappier, by the way, than Frankie Keeley. Oh, you'll have on the top of that podium. You'll have to tell us the um, the Neil McKenzie anecdote as well. Oh, that, that's, that's cruel. A... <laughs> that's cruel. <laughs> Neil, Neil's a great man. I like him enormously. <laughs> and, uh, I think I wrote in Road Racer magazine that he wouldn't get another. He was past the, his sell by date for uh, a factory ride, 
he didn't mention it to me for a couple of years until he uh, we were walking into the press conference at Donkin when he got third place on the private Yamaha. Mm, mm. And it not bad for a bloke past his sell-by date, Julian. So this was two years after you At least it. a year after, probably two years. <laughs> really? Now, the fact <laughs> that I'd spent my entire career writing for magazines in a dozen countries about what a hero Neil McKenzie was, you know. <laughs> oh, what a, what a ride. And, and generally... The typical racer, you see, they only remember the one <laughs> you can write for 10 years saying what a hero they are. Yes. The first time you write anything vaguely bad, <laughs> the only thing they remember. Yeah. And what they hate most is that you were right. Yeah, that, and I I've, was right. I've had that experience as well. Most of the time when people get upset with you, which Touchwood, again, is not too often, luckily. Greg, it goes, it goes with the job. It mate. does, doesn't it? It goes with the job. But usually it's when you've had to just report a fact that yep. they're not happy about. <laughs> oh, Neil, I hope you're listening to the podcast. Um, by the way, we mentioned Frankie Keely there, didn't we? And just a quick oh, yes. note on Frankie Keely. He's not at all well at the moment. Uh, it's really sad news, Jules, around the paddock and racing in general, because he's such a character, such a racer, Frankie Keeley. Frankie Keeley has announced uh, publicly that he has Parkinson's disease. Uh, a few of us have known it for a while, uh, but obviously... He, not the sort of thing you broadcast until the man himself decides he wants uh, to make it public. Uh, horrible disease, really nasty, degenerative, incurable disease. Uh, but Frankie, you wish him strength is all we can say because he is everything you ever wanted an Italian motorcyclist to be. Mm. Dashingly good-looking, romantic, Occasionally completely off his trolley um, and just fast, you know, fast, you know, and, and uh, one of the last proponents of the Rostrum or Straw Bale School of Motorcycle yes, Racing. Yes, yes. Uh, and a multiple winner at all levels. Good on a 250, good on a 500, demonic on a superbike. Mm. I think when he went to the classic event in Australia a January ago, yeah, uh, he had some clues that things weren't quite right, mm. and there was a vibration, and it wasn't the bike; it was Frankie, you know, mm. that sort of mm. thing. Mm. And he's now making jokes about the human body is like a motorcycle; when it's not totally correct, something vibrates. Uh, so he's got his normal uh, sense of humor, sense of humor going. Yeah, and it's uh, we wish him well. We certainly do. We certainly do. In fact, were you at Assam when he charged into the press conference with his dressing? I was on? commentating on it. Yeah, you were commentating. Well, yeah, it. that's mm. the worst moment of his career. How could a such a stylish man as Frankie <laughs> Keeley do that in basically a, a blue toweling hotel bathrobe? You know, <laughs> dear me. I bet Foggy enjoyed it, though, who, of course, had uh, yeah. won that race. They didn't touch, though, did they? Keely made a mistake and crashed and, and into the chicane. They, they, were, they were really actually quite... Foggy didn't have many friends, mm. but him and Keely got on up to that point really quite well. <laughs> up to that point. <laughs> yeah, Foggy. Uh, good mates with James Whittam, of course. By the way, uh, that, how hilarious was that clip on... Uh, on Twitter a few weeks ago and Foggy fell in the mud. Did you see that, Jules? <laughs> I did. Oh, oh by dear. the way, I was going to backtrack for a second. Yeah. I got on fine with Neil McKenzie. I oh. think <laughs> we've forgiven each other about that. Uh... <laughs> oh, he's not heard this. Neil stopped listening to the podcast yeah, yeah. when he heard what you said before. Yeah, no, he's we get very upset. Absolutely no problem with him, ever. Neil was over it last week, Jules. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrea Locatelli, we have a new world champion oh. in World Supersport 600. A little bit annoyed on Saturday, though, because of what happened. His perfection was, uh, well, destroyed, really. And of a Doya winning the race with all the rain. Who saw that coming? No one. Uh, I and mean, just the, a quirk of the rule book. Yes, yes. You know, a, a, a quirk of the rule book. He'd gone through there, sector one, yeah, hadn't he? There have to be rules. You know, the mm. rule is you count back 
to the sector, not the lap, because we have the technology to do that now. Mm, mm. And Vidoya had pressed on after everybody else had pitted. And hey, presto, he was a winner. Could you say that was also quite smart in a way? Because he thought, I've got nothing to lose. I'm it, down in 14th, 15th place. I don't, I've no idea. I might as well take a risk here. I've. I mean, he would have no idea. He probably would have come off, wouldn't he, if the race had gone on any longer oh, or had to pit, obviously. Well, you see, you think of Bradley Smith at Mizano. Yeah. Going, yeah. you know, not pitting. That's well, true. Uh, yeah. For a, a dry, wet, dry race and getting through to the podium. Mm. I mean, the track was flooded, wasn't it? Yeah. On Saturday for Barcelona. Oh, it was. It had It had to be red flagged. <laughs> there was no option. Locatelli Jules, it really was never in doubt this year. It's amazing, really, sitting here already thinking, oh, the. The World Championship's done. He's won it already. He's already world champion. Yeah. He's almost hardly started. It Four feels races like. left in this world championship. Four races left. Um, but that team and the rider, they're just, as James Whittam said a couple of weeks ago, they've just been better than everyone this year. Yes, the uh, motorcycle racing is a team sport. And Locatelli looks like the best rider in that grid. And the bike looks like the best bike on the grid, which tends to tell you the team in the pit garage is the best on the grid as well. Mm, especially the fact they've just won it for two years in a row now as well. Quite. Krumanaka and Karakasulo won two last year. Before we head off, uh, Supersport 300 very quickly. Jeffrey Bowes maintains the championship lead, but let's talk about our very own Tom Booth. Oh, yes. Yuta Akaya, by the way, the first ever Japanese winner in Supersport 300 on Sunday afternoon and the first Japanese winner in the paddock since 2010 with Haga. And Tom Booth was the first Briton yes. to win in the class. From the first British from, pole. Uh, from the first British pole on Saturday. And it could so easily have been a double and then all hell breaks loose on the last lap yep. of the last race. With a, with a Looney Tunes manoeuvre, frankly. Yeah, it was Zunai um, Radre. Uh, Safoglu was involved, wasn't he, behind. Um, Scott Daru just kept out the way. Yep. Uh, and it wiped out Tom Booth Amos, who was doing everything right. And had done everything right. I mean, there was it, there was lots of pressure on him. He'd said, hadn't he, to us, and we'd said it in the commentary earlier in the weekend, I want to be out of the carnage at turn 10. He and was we, thinking of the first lap, though, not the last lap. Yeah, and... <laughs> Unbelievable, really. And he he was. I'm, I'm not going to say he he looked comfortable that he was going to come with it comfortably, mm. but he looked like he had a plan, and yes. he's been so comfortable on that bike all weekend. Yeah. I was sat here believing he, he was going to win it. Me too. And he deserved to win it, didn't he? I think so. I think he rode better than everyone else all weekend. Yeah. To be honest, he, he got swallowed up a couple of times going down into turn one by the pack. But he worked worked his way back cleverly and efficiently every time. Yes. Yeah. What a great shame for Tom Booth Amos. But Yuta Akaya coming through to win. And just before we sign off then, Julian, a quick conclusion of the weekend. What's the story, as you would say? Um, well, I think we know the story now. We've got new stars emerging. I'll yep. just throw my opinion in there for the sake of it. A uh, new star emerging in Garrett Gerloff, which I think is tremendous. We've already had two new winners this year in Toprak and Rinaldi. Gerloff. Could he even win a race before the end of the year? Who knows? Well, why not the way he went today? Chas Davis is back on top, which is great to see. But championship-wise, I think I th honestly think it's a combination of Kawasaki is winning it and Ducati are throwing it away well, at the moment. It, I think it's a bit of it both. It feels, from the commentary box, yeah. like the failure of the factory Ducati team yeah. to consistently, regularly challenge what Jonathan Ray can do. That's what it feels like. Yeah, over the course of a weekend, Ray really is the master isn't he at putting it all together Jules thanks very much we'll be back in action of course in a couple of weeks time for the Magni Core mm -hmm. round but of course you're on Eurosport this coming weekend uh, as well 12 hours of Estoril final round of the World Endurance Championship you know I'm a dreadful old anorak when it comes to uh, <laughs> endurance so I'm looking forward to that and that's a new race isn't it yeah 
So you've got yep. two Estoril events in the space of three weeks. Yeah, it's about the one of the very, very few tracks I've ridden round as well. How did that go? Uh, slowly being me. Uh, <laughs> FZ750 launch a long time oh, ago. Oh, okay, very nice. Jules, thanks very much. Uh, World Superbikes, of course, going back to Estoril at the end of the season for the first time since 1993, and that brought a fair amount of carnage as well with modified, a modified track on that occasion. But uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks' time for the Magni Core races. Can't wait. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>